Academy Sports and Outdoors wants everyone to stay safe while doing more of what they love. So whether you're planning a fishing trip, heading to the driving range, prepping for your upcoming hunt, or firing up the grill before the big game, we have all the gear you need to enjoy more sports and outdoors. All at the prices that you're going to love. And with the curbside pickup available, it's never been easier to shop all our brands in-store and online at academy.com. Because whatever you love doing, Academy Sports and Outdoors is there to help you have more fun out there. Coming up on Bulldogs by the Numbers, George's offense shines against Missouri. The tight ends get involved. The defense look pretty solid, and special teams has a hiccup, but it didn't matter. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Welcome to Bulldogs by the Numbers. My name is Tug Coward along with Brent Rollins. He is at Pro Football Focus College as well as UGASports.com. Georgia looked like a team that could compete with Florida. Uh, maybe even a team that uh, could be right on the cusp of competing with a team like Alabama. It was the most complete game probably that Georgia has played against a quality opponent in a long time. They played very well early in the season against Auburn. Auburn was obviously top 10 at the time, but they didn't have 600-plus yards of offense and score 49 points. What they did both offensively and defensively to this team, and Missouri, you can take Missouri for what you want, but still, bottom line, they had won five of six and were playing well and playing confident. And they absolutely just steamrolled them. It was such a pleasure to see Georgia being able to move the ball in both aspects. Running the ball, which they were dominant, and then JT Daniels being able to air it out and making some incredible passes and making that a real part of Georgia's offense. Very much so. And when you look at what he's done and what the effect of the quarterback, a lot of times it's not just it's not great quarterback play. It's competent quarterback play. It's just being accurate. Specifically, when you think about explosive plays, and you know, I know there was that soundbite a while back when Kirby was talking about, "Hey, our offense is boring; it's not explosive." But now, when you look at what they've done in the three games with JT Daniels, their explosive run play percentage is up four percent. Their explosive pass play percentage is up nine percent. Twenty-three point nine percent of their passes have been an explosive play, which is over fifteen yards. That number right now is first in the SEC. And that number right now is second in the Power Five over last month. That's where the offense needs to be. And when you have confident quarterback play and, and accurate quarterback play and the receivers that they have and the talent that they have around them, bodes well for the future. Let's go through some of those offensive numbers. But before we do, it makes you go what might have been. It does. Everything that you've heard, for the most part, what you've heard from the coaching, what we've heard even from JT's dad, it just seems like the kid wasn't ready yet and that he finally said, all right, I feel good. But yes, that, that what-if game is very much, you know, you could be a few plays, a few completions here, there, a few different things, and, and you're preparing for an SEC championship this weekend. I definitely think Georgia would have been able to compete with Florida, but would they have been able to compete with Alabama in your view? This week, yes. I, I do <laughs> think so, mainly two reasons. One, obviously the quarterback play that we're talking about. But two, 
Alabama without Jalen Waddle, they're a little different. Kirby playing against them without Waddle would have a better plan than what we saw, obviously, back in week what, three. Yeah, because that plan was not very good. So you want to let's stick with the <laughs> offense. Let's stick with the offense and go through some of those numbers. Do you want to start and continue with JT and maybe some of the uh, the ability and, and the numbers that you've broken down already, or do you want to move on to the wide receivers? No matter where you go, it's a beautiful sight. For example, JT right now on third down, he's 17 of 21 for 283 yards, six touchdowns, a 93.9 passing grade, and then most importantly, probably he has zero turnover-worthy plays. And when you look at this game, the pass to Cook on third down, doing something that they rarely do, they ran 10 personnel, no tight ends on the field right. for, I think, just like the seventh time this season. There's man across. There's a safety over the top, cover one. That safety really, you could see him leaning to pick inside and who was in the end of the boundary outside. Gives Cook all the world, all the room in the world. Great protection off of the blitz. JT's patient, hits Cook, and then it's his speed to the house. So, yeah. And that was obviously on third down. Yeah, third and nine was that uh, 10 personnel. It's the second series of the game. It seemed innovative. It seemed exciting. It seemed sexy. It seemed everything that Georgia fans have all wanted to see and felt like Kirby Smart was not willing to do. He only wanted to ground and pound. He only wanted to ground and pound, which proves to me, again, which not that I needed proof. I believed Kirby when he said, I want to do what it takes to win. I believe that. And he proved that on uh, Saturday against Missouri. And the key for me is they're still growing and they're still slowly getting there. To me, when you think about offensive football for them and what, what they want to be like, Alabama is giving them the absolute perfect blueprint. From a personnel standpoint, from a run-pass distribution and how you still want to be physical and control things with the running game, but also be explosive, all those things, Alabama is 100% giving you the blueprint. Now, there, And there are certain things like – increasing the number the percent of play action and, and all a lot of the things that you can do within the offensive scheme that they can just go copy go steal it just that's, like everybody else in right, college football and, and right. football across the world does that's exactly right anytime there's anything there. good yeah they are they are and, and look it's good to see them finally getting there the biggest thing for me is that with georgia football in 2020 is they've had little to zero COVID issues you saw fight you saw yeah. a team pulling for each other I put on Twitter, like Kendall Milton, he, he'd been hurt. You know, he hadn't played for a while. He hadn't played since, I think, the Florida game because of the injury. And he gets it, and he's back, and he gets to dress and go and travel. And that first touchdown, he's out there celebrating with his you know, running back compadres like it's Christmas. Like he and scored. That's what, yes, exactly. And that's the things that you are seeing with this Georgia team this season that, quite frankly, across the board in college football is probably down. With the number of opt-outs and the number of teams even saying peace out on the bowl season, you're not seeing that in this program. And that I think that's the the overarching thing that should now with a quarterback give you just excitement for for the program moving forward. I Look, I think there's always excitement for the program, whether it's recruiting or whatever the reason. I just feel like Georgia fans are weary a little bit. You know, we've, we, we're <laughs> always almost there, and yet we're never there. Not just Georgia football. That's like Georgia sport fans. Yes. Right? Because you can yes. throw Atlanta in there and the Falcons and the Braves and all that goes with that. I've been here for a little over 16 years now, and I, I'm, I'm fully immersed in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's we're a weary. Thing. We're weary. It is a thing. It's, it's a real. Thing. It's real. The pain is real. All right, stay with the offense. From a receiver standpoint, there's two things that stood out. One – since Pickens has come back, and obviously that coincided with, with JT playing, starting, they're getting him involved early. When you have a special talent at receiver, getting that player involved early in the game, 
even if it's just a five-yard hitch route like they threw on, I think, the second series of the game to Pickens. Getting those quick-hitting throws and touches for that player early in the game is a big, big deal to me because you saw what what a special talent he is and later in the game, the plays that he made on the ball. Oh, my. And when you have an engaged player like that, it, it makes it even more. I think over the last three games, he's caught six of seven targets for 69 yards in the first quarter of games. When in the previous four or five games that he played, he'd only had, I think, three catches in the first quarter. So you're getting him involved early. What does his grade look like as a wide receiver? Because I can imagine it's it's star pupil. His overall grade is actually not that great as of this moment, especially not what he was last year, but it's climbing. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that his opportunities have mm-hmm. have decreased. Uh, but over, over the past few weeks, those numbers are obviously – he's had his three highest rated games of the season over the past three weeks. So do you suppose it is JT Daniels that says, hey, we got to get Pickens involved, I have a good rapport with Pickens, or is it Munkin saying, okay, I've got a quarterback that is capable of throwing to him? What changed there? Uh, I don't. I think it's all of the above. He's your best playmaker. He's healthy. You have now that quarterback who prefers, in a way, to throw the ball outside the numbers versus we saw Stetson was very comfortable down the middle of the field between the numbers. JT is, is comfortable, it looks like, anywhere. There's nothing that uh, he seems to be intimidated by, including taking a big hit, which we talked about a little bit earlier. He uh, he took a couple good shots, got right back yes, up. Yes, he did. Looked like a uh, football player to me, even though he looks like he could be a student at the Savannah College of Art and Design. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he'd wear yeah, a turtleneck. Very true. One of the interesting things is he's taken a lot of sacks, and a lot of that's on him just as much as anything. And he's taken he took a few big hits in that game. But overall, when you look at the the totality of his dropbacks, he's only been pressured on I think right around sixteen percent of his dropbacks, fifteen percent. That would be the lowest number in the SEC if if that sort of continues. Only Mac Jones has been pressured less. You know, when you're coming back from injury, it's a good thing for him to yeah. be. Uh, protected well the running backs give me some grades give me some numbers to look at with them because those numbers have to be stellar as well this week was unreal we had the four backs each of the four backs four backs that played uh, in this game Dejan Edwards James Cook Kenny McIntosh Zamir White all now have a on the season have an eight at least an 80 rushing grade and the thing about this game as much as anything was it was a little different for each one. Like Cook had a lot of space, McIntosh being very shifty, cut, patient, quick cuts. And then Zamir had a, a few cuts and then just yards get where he was getting untouched. Like his long touchdown run, the 43-yard touchdown run, he didn't get touched. He was patient, made two jump cuts, and then gone because of the great blocking that was there. And Oh, and then lastly, you have Dejan Edwards, who to me is very much giving me some Maurice Jones-Drew type vibes. Low to the ground, very shifty, breaks tackles very well. He got 79 of his 103 yards after contact in this game, 4-7 missed tackles. So it was a great performance. Cook you know, had the receiving touchdown. It was a great performance by all the backs in this game. The blocking, though, is there. And one of the things from a blocking perspective, you know, we talk and we're going to talk about the, the tight ends getting involved in the passing game. But Georgia consistently has tight ends that block at a high level. You know, Charlie Warner in the past. But now, though, it's all three of them. When you look at the top 25, the highest graded tight ends in the entire FBS, so 130 teams, and out of the top 25, Georgia has three. All three of their tight ends are in the top 25 in run block grade. Nice. Patrick is seventh, Washington's 21st, and McKitty's 22nd. And those three, the combination of that, when you have that quality of blocking, nobody else, by the way, has more than one. It just opens your offensive running game 
on a whole nother level. Yeah, it's and it's clear too. Let's keep it on the tight ends because Georgia did something that uh, they've not done in what seems like a long time is get the tight ends involved. And it was probably I think maybe the third quarter, the very first time we saw the tight end get involved. Do you think that was a message being sent? Yes, absolutely, I do. Because <laughs> there's a, obviously there's a certain very very high profile tight end. Uh, and former top 10 recruit that happens to call the state of Georgia home, opted out of the remainder of the season, has yet to put his name in the transfer portal, but you know, obviously there's speculation there and there's rumors and all sorts of things that go with that. So given that that happened with and that talk with Eric Gilbert early in the week, and then the way that game played out, that message was sent loud and clear. Darnell Washington coming into the game had eight targets on the season. He had four in this game. You know, so <laughs> it was – it was great to see because independent of the go thing, Darnell Washington is a weapon. Yeah, he is. He's a mismatch on the Gronk level for anyone. I agree with that. I heard Hudson Mason, who's a dear friend and a co-worker, former Georgia quarterback. Hudson said, we call him a mattress. Anybody can hit a mattress. Very true. You've wanted to see that. I'd love to see it this week against Vanderbilt. I'd love to see it in the bowl game and moving forward. Like if you look at the, the distribution of targets in that game, you had nine different players with a target in the game. And only Washington, Pickens, and Burton had more than three. Their offense doesn't necessarily have to be a Alabama where three guys get 80% of the work. With the depth of talent that they have and the depth of talent that they have returning next season, it would be fascinating to see where if you're in a 35 attempt type, you know, 30 to 35 pass attempts per game situation, that you've got six guys with five or six targets. And you're just spreading the ball around and taking advantage of every mismatch possible. With you being in Athens, what are you hearing about the Eric Gilbert thing? Everything's rumors right now. Obviously, there's you know rumors that he's already home. Rumors that <laughs> if you look, depending upon which board and source and everyone you talk to, there, there's a rumor that says he's coming here. Rumor says he's going somewhere else. It, who knows at this point? But obviously, the, what we do know is is he's opted out of the season. And with the most interesting thing to me was the way that Orgeron talked about it in his press conference. Something along the lines of hoping to have him back or hoping to get him back almost conceding that he would be gone. But who oh, knows? Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that develops. But I will yeah. say this. Today is December 14th. It will happen quickly. You know, if he wants to move on, classes start, all that, that stuff, will ha- it will happen in within the next, you know, 30 days or so. I look forward to it, man. He's a Georgia boy. I want to see him in a Georgia uniform. And can you imagine Darnell Washington and Eric Gilbert? Goodness gracious. And, and uh, Pickens. And Burton. Yeah, and Aaron Smith. The, yeah. Just and, all and the weapons. And Rosemary Jackson. Yeah. Just all the weapons. I mean, it is a wealth it's weapons of galore. Weapons. Absolutely. It looks like you're ready to go to world war with that arsenal. This is Bulldogs by the Numbers. Tug Cowart from the fan, 680-937 FM, as well as Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus and UGA sports.com find him on social media at brent underscore pff you can find me at tug coward so uh, we'll come back and hit the uh, defense for the georgia bulldogs the warm air the sounds of baseball it's got you thinking about hitting the road and no matter where your adventures take you subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style like the 2024 subaru outback sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. This is Bulldogs by the Numbers. Tug Cowart, along with Brent Rollins of Pro Football Focus, as well as UGASports.com. Jumping into the defensive side of the ball, because uh, the second play of the game, you had a guy in Eric Stokes that got his fourth pick of the year. And a guy he picked off, the Missouri quarterback, is a guy that has only thrown two interceptions on the season. He was at that time tied with Ian Book. Yes, he's played well, and he rarely turned the ball over. And he actually... What's interesting on the on that play specifically is his decision maybe wasn't the best because he was throwing in to a tight window, but he he threw a really good ball. And at the last possible moment, Mark Webb kind of got a finger on it, I think. And Stokes was aware and right behind the play to make a pick. And it's been great to see Eric Stokes this year because coming in the year, he didn't have any. Didn't have a career interception. And now he has four. When you're thinking about from a draft prospect standpoint, that's what they want to see. They want to see your ball skills. They want to see do you do you make plays on the ball as much as just not just being in coverage in, in the spot where you need to be, but can you make plays on the ball? And he's done that this year uh, to a greater extent than he's ever done. Who's getting the biggest grades? Who's doing the best work? Overall, when you look at one particular player that to me has just taken his game up a notch this year, it's Aziz Ojolari. He is right now in the top 10 in the FBS in terms of edge defender grades. He's in, he's the highest graded edge defender in the SEC. Him and then Adam Anderson are the two highest graded defenders that Georgia has. What he's done this year from a development standpoint, I think he goes pro. I think he gets looked at now and depending upon, you know, the measurables and how they come out, I think he gets looked at in the late first round, very early second round type area because his development this year from the way he uses his hands to his bend, just general explosiveness has taken his game to a whole other level. Last year, he was still graded highly last year, but not anywhere near what he's doing this year. Last year, he had 38 quarterback pressures on 289 pass rush snaps. One every, you know, seven or so pass rush snaps he got a pressure this year he's got 32 almost the same number oh and 120 less pass rush snaps so 168 pass rush snaps so he is the efficiency with which he is getting the quarterback and even on the interception that stokes got he made a quick change of direction move on the on the offensive lineman and if basilic holds the ball for any another count he's getting hit really hard by ozilari so he's the one to me who's standing out as much as any the interesting one from this game just this game was a player that we rarely ever see and that's Latavius Brenning. He played 17 career snaps before this game. He played 29 snaps in this game. Chris Smith got a little stinger dinged up, who's obviously filling in for Richard LeCount. And Brenny comes in and plays well. Makes a play on a on the edge, prevents Missouri from getting third down, had a couple stops, didn't miss a tackle. He played really, really well and stood out in this game. There's a lot of just great defensive performances throughout within this game. Yeah, because if you think about the way the defense played, Missouri scored in the first quarter, the second score that off they got. double pass. Yeah, off, off the trick play. Exactly, off a trick play. The interesting thing about that, by the way, is that Missouri, guess who does it more than anyone in the SEC? Missouri runs trick play like 10 more than any other team in the SEC in terms of what we term trick plays. Really? So it was it was going to happen. It was just a matter of when. And then, but the, the second score of the game was off of a special teams mishap, and then mm-hmm. Missouri didn't score again. After that touchdown that tied the game at 14, I want to say they had like 70 total yards, somewhere in that neighborhood, 65 or 70 total yards for the remainder of the game. 
So it was a complete just shut down. You get nothing else the remainder of the game. To me, the biggest play of the game was right after that. Georgia's third and 10. And Daniels, they roll the pocket after he'd been getting hit. Right. He hits Kyrus Jackson. Yep. So that sets up the next few plays that ends in the Pickens touchdown before the half. But once that happened, then Georgia gets the ball to start the second half and goes and scores. The defense completely said no bueno the rest of the game. Yeah, that was the sixth series you're talking about. It was a third and 10 pass to Kyrus Jackson that set up for the uh, the Pickens touchdown with that amazing catch in the uh, in the corner right before the end of the half. Other defensive performances for that game, Malik Herring played really well, graded really well. Nolan Smith graded really well, really well, and played in, in the 14 snaps that he that he got. Tyreek Stevenson had his highest graded game of the season. Was very solid in coverage, more so than he's ever been at any point this year. Uh, really, at any point in the past two years, it might. I think it's possibly the highest graded game of his career. It's good to see him playing well, and that. And that's Missouri attacked Georgia more horizontally than vertically. And that's just not going to end well playing Georgia that way. There's too much speed across the board on their defense and athleticism. And it's just not how you need to attack Georgia. Moving on to special teams. This is the first time we've had any sort of mishap with special teams. We'll talk about that coming up next on Bulldogs by the Numbers. My name is Tug Coward along with Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus and UGASports.com. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Bulldogs by the numbers, Tug Cowart from 680 The Fan, as well as Brent Rollins from Pro Football Focus and UGASports.com. Georgia had their first encounter with a special teams mishap, which led to a touchdown, but really the first time all season and in quite some time that Georgia's had any issues like that. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing about it is it wasn't just that one. Muffed a punt. Oh, that's right. You didn't down a punt. Yeah, you could have pinned it yeah. back on the 10, but you're trying to be fancy and get it to the 1, and then it rolls in the end zone. When you think about overall coming into the game, Georgia was in the top five in the nation in terms of, of special teams grade. And me specifically, I, I do a lot of special teams grading for, for Pro Football Focus, so it's something that I pay a lot of attention to. And on the punt, the block punt, you had you had Aziz Ojolari and then Malik Herring as two of the upbacks. They blocked one guy as opposed to fanning out and, get, and getting two. Uh, and then you have it – looked, it looked like it would be nice to see sort of in a slow motion type thing. But it looked like Kamarda took an extra half step, maybe full step, getting his normal footwork. So those little things lead to a bad play. But totality of it was just shocking to see just because they've been so good on, as, as a unit on that part of the game, in that phase of the game this season. But in such a dominating win, I don't think it, many people paid that much attention to it. No, it's a footnote, right? We need to clean some things up. But you know, a lot of times, especially when you win like that, and you dominate both sides of the ball like they did. When you have a mistake like that, it's probably something where the coaches are like, okay, that's a good thing. It's, it's not a good thing, but it's a good thing because now I can teach and now I can harp on people and 
I got something to holler to at him about. Being perf- right. As opposed to everybody just being perfect and really good all the time. That's not anything that I feel any real concern over. Yes. And it's one of the things when you think about recruiting, that's where recruiting matters just as much as anything. Because I watch special teams games from all over the FBS and the level of talent in on some compared to the level of talent on Georgia's special teams unit, there is a astronomical gap in certain spot in certain areas because of the way the level with which Georgia's recruited. When you stack top recruiting classes on top recruiting classes, you've got guys who are backups, linebackers, backup corners who are still four and or five star recruits that are now in your special teams unit. There's dudes everywhere on their special teams unit. Looking ahead, Georgia opened as a 40-point favorite over Vanderbilt. Georgia not beating a, a team by 40 points this season. You can't put that number high enough for me if that game gets played. Do you think it's going to get played? That's the other thing. I hope so. I hope the game gets played. But I will say this. If the game gets played, I fully believe that, that you can't put the number high enough. On senior day... We'll see if it actually gets played. I, I don't know. I expect, though, a lot of a lot of young guys are going to get some snaps, too. Yes, and, and that's this and then the bowl game as well. You have that momentum going into next season. You have, you know, barring some big change of heart and, and JT saying, uh, you know, I'm off to the NFL. You have a just the pieces in place to go be really, really, really good next year. It's terrible to be looking forward to next year right now. I feel like a Cubs fan from several years ago when they would always say, <laughs> well, there's always next year. I kind of feel like we, we fall into that trap a little bit as George fans, but um, yeah, we'll see how it turns out. It's it's fun. It's better to be it dead is. than not be good. Oh, absolutely, man. It's always better. And the funny thing is with the whole co-SEC East champion thing, I don't care about that whatsoever, but it is funny as a guy that does not like Florida whatsoever to be able to rub that in their face a little bit. I've heard from many Georgia fans and the mess at the dog event, they were enjoying that as much as probably anything they had this season. Coming up next week, we will break down the Georgia Vandy game and see uh, if Brent is right that you can't put the score high enough, the spread high enough, depending on the game is played or not. But uh, we'll discuss that. If so, we'll break down the grades as we always do. want to encourage you to go subscribe at Pro Football Focus. For the first time this year, you get the college grades. $29.95 for that. Or if you want to join and get premium, you can do that for $129.95. Then you got UGASports.com where Brent does incredible work. If you're a Georgia fan, if you want to know about recruiting, if you want to know about the team, if you want to know about everything dogs, it is $99.95 for the year. I'm a member there. Brent, take care of yourself, man. Have a great day. Appreciate it. Take it easy. The Southeast is Braves country. So for the latest on the Atlanta Braves, subscribe to the Braves Clubhouse Report, dropping every Wednesday afternoon with Kevin McAlpin and the voice of the Braves, Ben Ingram. The Atlanta Braves are once again champions of the National League East. And for even more Braves, you can also subscribe to KMAC's weekly Braves podcast and be on top of the latest Braves news before anyone else. Subscribe to the Braves Clubhouse Report and Braves Weekly wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The warm air, the sounds of baseball, it's got you thinking about hitting the road. And no matter where your adventures take you, Subaru of Gwinnett has a vehicle to get you there safely and in style. Like the 2024 Subaru Outback, sporting standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and up to 32 miles per gallon. Or the 2024 Subaru Forester, the SUV with a spacious and comfortable interior for everyone you want to bring along. Start your shopping online at SubaruofGwinnett.com, then come see us for a test drive on Satellite Boulevard in Duluth. 
Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.